I always get the jitters when I start it. Do you? Uh, yeah, when I pick up my camera, I talk fast. I sometimes, <clears> when <throat> I'm filming, I get out of breath because I don't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do it all the time. I mean, the other day I was even vlogging and I didn't have the taxi with that shit outside. And because I was talking, I came out of breath, I just decided to go. So as you can see, I've been rushing around. Uh, the taxi's outside, so I've got to go. <laughs> I wasn't even rushing around. I just had a breathe. Just finished a workout. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, mate, let's kick off then, shall we? Yes. Hey guys, and welcome to the Take Flight Podcast, episode four, with me, Mark Whittle, where we aim to inspire and motivate all listeners to drive towards the things they want to achieve. We do that by having conversations with high achievers and understanding what they feel were the secrets to their success, so we can take those secrets and implement them into our own lives. Really enjoyed sharing the first three episodes with you, and today in episode four, we have another great guest. I'm pleased to share the guest for today in episode four is my friend Ali Gordon. Ali is, as he describes, a content creator, but could also be known as an influencer, blogger, YouTuber. He has such an inspiring story. He was an electrician for 11 years, found another passion, and took that passion as far as he possibly could. He now has hundreds of thousands of followers, has an incredible personal brand, and worked on some great global campaigns with huge, huge brands. Him and his wife Lydia are dominating in an industry that wasn't evolved when they first got into it, but they've really managed to take it somewhere and they are leaders in this space. It's such an exciting story to hear how he went from being an electrician for 11 years, finding this passion, demonstrating the side hustle in the best way possible and taking a leap of faith and making this his full-time career. He now lives an incredible lifestyle where he does things like interview David Beckham, drive Ferraris around Italy and travel the world. We talk a little bit about the start of his week when he was in Hong Kong and we run through the kind of things that he would do week by week and get a better idea of an industry that I wasn't particularly familiar with. Anyone who uses social media as a business or to find business will take so much away from this piece but in general he is such a happy guy, has a very positive outlook on life and I just really enjoyed having the conversation with him. That's enough from me. So please enjoy a conversation with YouTuber, blogger, social media mogul, Ali Gordon. Ali, my brother. How's you doing? I'm good, man. Welcome to the Take Flight Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Mate, thanks for having me. We're sat in your house as you're packing up. Yeah, this is the house of boxes at the moment. House of boxes, mate. House of boxes and cats. Yeah, and cats, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, cats love boxes, so it's like a heaven at the moment. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so mate, look, thanks so much for, for giving me the time. I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to doing this, looking forward to recording no, with you. Same, same, same. So, I know you've listened to a couple of them, but just to give you a bit of a breakdown again, this podcast is all about high achievement, high performance, and talking to people who have achieved some great things that, that I'm impressed by and hopefully the listeners are impressed by to hear the stories, get motivated, get inspired and hopefully take some little tricks and tips away that they can incorporate into their lives and help them get to uh, a higher level of performance or achieve the things they want to achieve. So again, thanks for joining me, mate. Really looking forward to hearing some more detail about your story. That being said, to kick off, Ali, <laughs> give us a little bit of a breakdown of who you are and what it is that you do. So, um, as you said, my name is Ali, Ali Gordon, and what I do, well, I would say, I like to use the terminology content creator. It's, it's, it's 
from, from the way in which we label uh, industry and careers yet to be established. I think some people will call us bloggers, some YouTubers, some influencers. But I, I like to use the word content creator because essentially that is what we do online. Uh, from a business perspective, I guess what it is we do is actually digital marketing. We're, we're probably the, the most efficient and newest way to market product online. And I think that statistically we're showing a very strong presence in the marketing world. So I'm a content creator, but the way I monetize creating my content is through digital marketing. And that's essentially what it is I do for a living. And everybody else that you see who's a blogger and a YouTuber, if they do it solely. And of course, there's so many ways to, in which we can monetize what we do online. It doesn't have to just come through branded content. But personally, that's some something that I do do to to do this for a living. Okay, and it's so fascinating, mate, because I think a lot of people from the outside looking in just think, wow, it's amazing, how does he do that? So just to get a bit of a better idea about what that actually means as a content creator and what that means for you as an individual and how you make it work for you, could you give us a bit of a background or a bit of insight into what a typical working week would look like? And I imagine it might there might not be a typical working week, yeah, but what does it, what exactly does it look that. like? So, I mean, a working week for me, like you say, it completely varies from week to week. I mean, and that's something that I love about this industry is that every new week brings new opportunities and uh, you never know what you're going to be getting up to. So just for an example, if we were to take uh, the previous week, uh, we're currently on Thursday, aren't we? Yeah, I think it is. It's all blurring into one. And um, it's Friday. Is it? No, it is Friday, isn't yeah. it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Things at the moment are quite busy. You know, you have these these busy busy spells and sometimes it's a little bit more laid back. But I started the week off, I was actually in Hong Kong on Monday with a watch brand Long Jeans. We were out there shooting a campaign for them and uh, I arrived back on Tuesday morning. When I got back, I don't know if you're aware, but we have the BAFTAs and the Brit Awards coming up at the end of the week, or now, <laughs> as we've <Today>. established. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I, I couldn't rest up after the flights and stuff. I needed to get busy. So Tuesday consisted of cracking on with emails. I needed to start editing my video that I'd filmed whilst I was away in Hong Kong, catching up with my management and making sure that we we're on top of everything that's going to be going on at the back end of the week. And then Wednesday was Valentine's Day. Being self-employed, we're in the position where we can kind of like control our time. So I did take the day in the morning to do a little bit of stuff to organise with the house move. Because as I said, we're moving house and Lydia and I then went and grabbed some food for Valentine's Day, which was actually really nice and special because it's something that we don't get a lot of time to do. Lydia's in the same industry as I am and finding the time to spend together outside of our work commitments can sometimes be quite tricky because the schedule's all over the place. So that was a really nice way to to spend Wednesday but then I did get home and I had to crack on with work again because you need to keep this content flowing something that's really important creating and delivering content is essentially what your job is and if you're not doing that then you're not fulfilling your job so unfortunately after we'd had a really lovely day on Wednesday I had to come back and work late into the evening so then on Thursday I had to get organized ready for the BAFTA awards because I'm actually going to be taking part in two nominee parties and the actual BAFTA itself. So what's your involvement in the BAFTAs? What do you do there? So for Friday evening, um, I'm going to be heading out with Grey Goose to the GQ BAFTA nominee party. 
And so I've been doing some work with Grey Goose over the past sort of six months. So we're going to go down, we're going to create some content and talk about the cocktails that they have that are associated in, in, in line with the BAFTA. And then on Saturday, got a really exciting day actually with an espresso. Um, huge coffee lover, as I know you are yeah. as well. And uh, yeah, again, I've been working with Nespresso now for a couple of years on and off doing bits and bobs and they've invited me along, one of their guests and friends of the brand to spend the evening at the nominees party. And there's going to be some quite cool people there, actually. I think we, I think I've seen the guest list. It's going to be we have like Jesse Ware, Reggie Yates, nice. um, just a number of really cool people. That is something that I absolutely love being able to socialise and spend time with these people that are also doing really exciting and interesting jobs and careers. So that's Saturday, and then on Sunday I actually go to the BAFTA, which I'm really excited about with San Pellegrino, which is the sparkling water brand that kicks off and it all kind of starts in the afternoon onwards so that's going to be my Sunday and then that finishes the week so yeah this week's quite jam-packed and then the next week leads into of course the Brits um, and then we do a house move and then I go to Italy with Ferrari the next day so yeah it's it, every week is different every week's exciting and having said how jam-packed it is at the moment there are times beginning of January I would just sit at home editing creating organic content and there wasn't all of this exciting stuff going on so it it can be really fun but it can also just be me sitting at home at my office doing my thing it's just now is a busy exciting time of year yeah yeah so um we have like q1 q2 q3 q4 like most industries i think yeah yep. is that quite normal that and, is normal <laughs> yeah and of course uh, january is always going to be a slow start because we're waiting for the brands and for the PRs and everyone to get back into gear after Christmas and um, start sort of kicking off with what they're going to be doing, the projects that they're going to be running. And so you normally find that come February, uh, you're finishing off stuff from last year at the start of Jan, but which I was as well, but just a few jobs. Then come February, it goes pretty crazy. Yeah. And then as you come up to the summer, you have all the summer releases and, and, and SS 17, 18, 19, whatever year we're in, it gets super busy. And then Christmas time, Wow, <laughs> Christmas time. Is that the busiest time for you? Normally, I think a lot of marketing happens around Christmas. I think the consumers spend a lot. Like <clears throat> Black Friday, I think, is another time a lot of brands like to do stuff around because it's just such a huge day for spending. So, yeah, that's kind of like a day a day to day breakdown of the week. But like I say, that it doesn't obviously happen like that every week. It's so different. So, just what you wanted to do in in this period of mayhem is record a podcast with me. Yeah, exactly. This is something else that's part of my week. <laughs> so, mate, first of all, really, really impressive. You don't stop. It doesn't sound like you're getting a weekend. You don't have many days off. I think one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and you know, take this, take this question however you want, but what are one of the biggest misconceptions about being a content creator, a blogger, a YouTuber? What, what are some of the biggest misconceptions associated with people looking from the outside in and seeing what you're doing? I think that's something that probably flows through any career choice and any job is that if you're not in it and doing it there's always going to be a lack of understanding of the involvement and what goes on I think a lot of people probably look in and see what we do and they just see us take a photo and post it and that's all we do I mean I, I, I went I went to a um, without naming any names or anything but I remember going to an event once and we were surrounded by a lot of very successful individuals that didn't understand the digital marketing era and a few of those individuals made a remark and said so what is it you do other than just take photos 
and it's it's it's, it's I find it quite funny because I know that what is involved behind the scenes and a lot of it is I mean you know you, you talk about the the back end of business and the foundation of business and fundamentally that is where everything happens what you see as an end result is the small part of all of that behind the scenes work and I think that the biggest misconception is is just like every other job and every other business there's so much that goes on that people don't see that gives you that little bit at the end that people do see and it's kind of like you know people people look at actors and and they'll say wow like that's incredible but they've not seen the years and years of graft that they've done and gone through and all of the programs and castings that they've been to to try and get to that end point that everybody wants to be at without going through that huge you know like undergrowth of movement to get to where they they are at the end and i think it's it's nothing that's niche to our industry i think it's across board it's just the lack of understanding of what actually goes into what looks like quite a simple and easy thing you know you look at our our instagram accounts and you just think well that's quite an easy life to live (laughs) but it's not always easy the pictures and stuff to create and you know, we have briefs and we have time frames and everything is, is, is a lot more in depth, I think, than it appears. And I think, you know, first of all, love that answer. It's so yeah. good. And so many people, especially in the modern day, I think with social media and things like that, everyone sees the polished, finished version, like you're saying. Yeah. And they don't understand the grit and the hard work and, and the graft and the development that people have made during the period before they got yeah. their success. Yeah. And people just look at the polished, finished version and think, I want that yeah. without the graft in between. Exactly, yeah. I'm lucky enough to know a little bit about your story and yes. <laughs> I I love where you came from and where you are now it's great to see what you're doing and how far you've taken it so I wanted to get a bit of a idea around the story of where you came from originally and a little bit more of a better understanding of how you did that how you went through that because I understand it was quite a difficult time yeah I mean I don't I could just we could sit here for a very long time whilst I chew your ear off about my journey. Uh, so I'll try to summarise it as efficiently as I can. At the age of 16, uh, I left school and I actually wanted to become a plumber, but I couldn't get a plumbing apprenticeship. So one of my friends said to me, look, I can get you an electrical apprenticeship and it's kind of the same thing. Perfect, I'll take it. Exactly. It's as same. easy as that. Like, I don't think how lucky I, I fell on my feet with my electrical apprenticeship. So I worked as an electrician for 11 years and I actually loved it and it's been something that I'll never regret doing and it's been amazing to have a trade behind me and be able to you know basically be handy with my hands and understand the the building world because it comes in use on a daily basis or or at least on on a weekly monthly basis when I have to do stuff around the house. During that 11 year process I met Lydia and my now wife. She was doing this blog which I didn't understand what it was. I was like, you're, so I'm really confused. You're you're taking pictures on a tripod of yourself and putting it on the internet. Like I I couldn't understand it. It didn't. It's nothing I'd ever heard of or seen. And she said, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay." And why do you do it? And she said, "Because it's just a hobby." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Your hobby is taking you like four hours on a Saturday, and I only get to see you on the weekends because you live in Watford and I live in Northamptonshire. So is there any way we can speed it up by me taking pictures for you?" And she said, "Yeah." go out and we'll just bash it out and then job done we can spend time together so I started taking photos for her and I found it really interesting using a camera I'd never actually taken a photo on a proper camera before and I really enjoyed it it was quite weird I'd found something that I liked that I didn't know and it was like wow like I actually enjoy photography and she started 
getting some gifting from some brands and I, I just couldn't fathom that an established huge corporation was sending her a dress to take a photo of to put on this her website and uh, she started chatting with the PRs and stuff and they were saying look we're crying out for guys we just can't find any guys that are doing blogging it's just not a thing so she said look just start doing it you know you like having your photo taken and uh, you like taking photos I can take photos for you spin the camera around and you know jump forward a couple of years Lydia and I had both got to a position where the you know we'd worked We'd worked with each other and helped each other out and we'd got to a point where there was so much workload that it was turning into a job because we were having to shoot content for brands and we were like, we need to monitor this. We need to work out a way in which we can just slow down the process. And we said, well, if we were to start charging for this service, then hopefully that will stop some people proceeding with the workload and then we'll have less to do and we earn a little bit of money doing it and it kind of makes us feel spending our Saturday and Sundays taking photos a bit more worthwhile and that was probably half a year to a year before it became apparent that this was a career there was more people that were doing this as well and that journey has just evolved and developed as it does today at a rapid rate it's just the fastest growing industry. I just can't even explain to you uh, how much it's evolved. So during the process of us taking photos and realising that actually we can charge for this, it then became apparent that this was a, a way in which you could make a living and earn money. I was working as an electrician, so we, you know, we only had the evenings and the weekends to shoot stuff. And in the winter it became very tricky because the light was gone and we needed the daylight to shoot. And by the time I'd got back from work it was dark, so then it really set us only to the weekends alone. Unfortunately, I had an incredible boss that completely understood the change of direction that I was looking to go, and I communicated with him, which was key. I just let him know exactly where I was, what I was doing. I let him know how I felt about this side of my life versus working as an electrician, and he was completely understanding, and he just said to me, look, if you want to take some time off to help take off the workload so you can progress with what you're doing online we'll work it out Wow! and you just take on paid day and I just you know it was incredible Lydia wasn't fortunate enough to have that opportunity so she took that leap with a lot more risk than I did I like to think myself as quite a play it safe guy to an extent and I got to a point where even though he was allowing me to have two days off a week I was working as an electrician from getting up at 6am getting back at half 4 5pm fitting in a gym session and eating my dinner and then I was working from probably 8pm until 2am and I did it for six months and it was graft and I got a bit ill and it was not a sustainable and I wouldn't recommend it for anybody to try and sustain that kind of workload but I was in a position where I needed to ensure that I was earning enough because I had overhead to have mortgage to pay, I have bills and everything else that everyone else has to pay. And I needed to ensure that I was bringing in enough money from my social media work to cover the cost of all of these things and still lead the same kind of lifestyle that I was leading running the two jobs because I'd become accustomed to it. So I did this for six months and it got to a point where I said to my boss, I'm going to give you as much notice as you need but I'm now in a position that I can leave. So I'll work for you for another six months if you need to get somebody else in and organise it. Because he'd been such an amazing guy helping me out, I was willing to repay the favour and continue doing this ridiculously long hour days. Yeah. About a month and a half later, he said to me, you know, it's we're coming up to Christmas. 
and I don't have a huge amount booked in for next year. So if you want to use this as your opportunity to break away, this is a good time to do it. So I did. And just before Christmas 2016, I finished off working as an electrician and I've now been doing this full time for a year and a bit. And it's just, I don't know life without it now. It's just like normal to me. Do you love it? Absolutely love it. Yeah, I feel very blessed and very lucky to have had this amount of freedom and flexibility and enjoyment and earn a living doing something I love because, like I mentioned, I love photography. I then found a, a love and a passion for videography. I get to travel the world, which I'm not very well travelled, and, and this this job has given me the opportunity to go around and explore and, and find new cultures and meet new people, and it's just been an incredible journey and it's this the, the whole way it's developed from Lydia and I going out at my dad's house and taking photos on the road outside and in the local field of each other for essentially a hobby has now developed into this completely um, fully developed industry where we have management companies, we have contracts, we have PR teams handling the work, we've got branded concepts, briefs, we're getting sent around the world to to execute our work. It's just completely evolved. And it was funny because at Christmas time last year, not the one just gone, it was manic because the structure wasn't quite there yet in terms of our working week, as it were. And everybody was working through Christmas like you wouldn't believe you know people were creating content on Christmas Day I think we even vlogged Christmas Day and blogged it and you know it was it was a hugely competitive industry and you couldn't you can't drop the ball you know you need to keep on it and if everyone else is creating content and pushing out content and they're getting the hits and getting the views they're the people that are gonna excel but this year as we've developed it even more we have so many people that are involved in the industry that do work that nine till five Monday to Friday kind of job that they've given us structure and so this Christmas was the first time that we've actually not felt guilty and not felt the need to work through and have that kind of like blurred line between mm. personal and work and so it's really nice to see how the industry has evolved and has become more of a professional field and we do have a little bit of structure and you know like we're working this weekend we're working through the weekend most weekends we don't we try and take that time for us and I think that's kind of why we also had the Wednesday together because we knew we were going to be working the weekend because both of us are at the BAFTA for different people but we're both going to be there so yeah it's really cool to see how the industry has changed and evolved over the time and I just feel very lucky to be a part of it yeah so Lydia's obviously had a large impact on you and you you yeah. guys are both killing it and crushing it together yeah. which is awesome by the way oh um, thank you <laughs> I'm like yeah I'm not really I wasn't listening to what you're saying I yeah we're so good hearing about Lydia and I'm like yeah Lydia and then you were like and then as you say you're like yeah yeah we're crushing it yeah <laughs> oh my god but I'm just interested to know from you who are the kinds of people that you surround yourself with? Who is it that's helping you? Because the people I've spoke with on the podcast before and outside of the podcast, yeah. it's so important to have a kind of strong support unit and, and people who are there to, to lift you up. So who are the people that do that for you? Yeah, so, I mean, Lydia's always been there, obviously, from the beginning for me because she's somebody that introduced me, essentially, to an industry that wasn't really there, but it was, you know, on the way to becoming a developed industry that it is today. And... She has a very well-rounded and strong understanding in our vertical. And I think it's important to understand that we work in a very specific vertical in marketing. She knows it inside and out. So obviously being around her every day 
it means that I'm able to communicate with her and extract her opinion and we can talk and I can share my opinion and my experiences with her and you know it works both ways so having her around me has just been an incredible help throughout this whole process and it will continue to be and aside from Lydia I do have a manager who is in the same position where he is here I think he said to me yesterday actually we're having a chat and he said you know he's He's done something like 370 brand deals since he's been working, which just to put that into perspective, when you're talking about a PR that's working for a brand or for a few brands, maybe they might run 20 jobs through the year and across three years, 60 jobs. He's done 370. So how how well versed he is and, and his understanding of the the difference in the way in which each job and each piece of content needs to be produced is very well versed so you're there counting on your fingers how many of those jobs he's given to you yeah well this is another thing this is something else it's a huge misunderstanding in our industry there's a difference between a manager and an agent a manager will manage your work and an agent or an agency will bring you work they source it for you I, okay i i am i am the lead bringer <laughs> i bring oh. all my leads yeah the work come direct to me and then to my email, and then he manages those jobs. And does that come from brands reaching out to you directly yeah, on PRs. social media? Yeah, or? so okay. a lot of brands like to outsource their marketing because it is quite a complex and in-depth thing, and they don't always have the time to run their marketing campaigns in-house, so they outsource it to somebody that specialises in it. So we do have relationships with PRs that will have contracts with brands for X amount of years or or for however long the term is that they have that for. And then we also do work directly in-house with brands. But again, it's just very dependent on, on the brand and how they like to operate. But I'd say that my support unit would definitely just consist very much so of Lydia as an opinion sort of leader towards my decisions and the way I which I see me progressing. We'd like to discuss between us how we see things going and then James from his more of the business side so Lydia and I focus on our side and then James focuses on the back end you know we talk front and back he's more back we're more front Uh, we need to ensure that we're doing what we love and what we enjoy and we don't steer away from that because the most important thing for us is to make sure that our brand and our image is true and organic and honest and it's what we want to be doing and to not be steered off key by the business side and there's so much opportunity that we don't take because it doesn't align with our Mm. brand and it's so important to make sure that for for longevity that you just stay completely true and do what you love rather than do what you think is going to line your pocket the best yeah and so having the two together is a really nice blend and that's kind of you know apart from my accountant and my bookkeeper that's my that's my support unit amazing <laughs> so it's quite a small run operation i guess you know i lydia does have a personal assistant that acts as a manager and and obviously a pa as well so she's taking things slightly different angle to what to which i have i don't have a personal assistant but we could grow in terms of we could hire full-time photographers to work with us to follow us around to help capture all the moments and all the times that we're going around to these events and stuff but in terms of in our field in our industry i don't think we at the moment need to develop a huge company or, or a business of um, people to help orchestrate what we're doing because i feel like we have it very much under control and we have a strong idea of the direction in which we want to go so outside of just taking the jobs and working with the brands that you love, yeah. how else do you get clarity around 
what it is you want your brand to become and, and the direction that you guys want to go in? So I think that just comes very naturally. Um, I think that you understand who you are and what you represent and kind of just incorporate that in with the brands that fit. So I absolutely love Reese clothing and they happen to come in. Of course, I'd love yeah. to work with you. Vice versa, if, if I'm, I don't like working with contact lens companies because I don't wear contact lenses, so I'm not going to work with them. Yeah. But they come in still. And so it's just about keeping true and honest to to you and who you are and, and you know I'm not going to shade brands but there will be brands that I will say you know I'm not a big fan of the brand so when they come into work I'll be like look the product's probably really good and it's probably good quality it might not be but I don't like the style of it it doesn't fit my style I'd say that I'm quite a classic you know timeless dresser when it comes to fashion and so if somebody comes in with something that just doesn't sit with my style my audience is going to know they're going to be like, what are you doing? That is not you. Like you just, it's weird. Like, and, and it doesn't go down well. It just kills mm. that longevity and that trust. And something that is so important within our industry is that we build a trust and a great relationship with our audience. And that's why the, the marketing side of it works so well. And it's, it's booming because we have, you know, the next best thing to word of mouth recommendation. I don't know about you, but if you're looking to to buy a new phone or a new product, you're going to talk to your friends and say, you know, have you ever had, you know, a speaker or, or a laptop that you recommend? And you're going to trust their opinion over the opinion of the TV advert or or the or the, the advert in the magazine. And I'd say that we're probably the second closest thing to that word of mouth review because we build that relationship and that trust through being truth organic and honest with our audience from the get-go and as soon as you start to break down that trust and you start doing things to line your pocket and you become a sellout as, as they the terminology they'd like to use you then will soon become irrelevant yeah and that's kind of the the importance of staying true and staying key to your and staying in brand mate i love that i actually really hit home and i actually fully feel like i understand what it is you're doing it's that kind of <laughs> It's like with anything, actually. If you're doing business with someone or if you want to get a job somewhere or mm. anything, if you want to progress or do anything, you need that kind of referral for someone yeah. that trusts you or you trust them. And I guess that's what you guys are doing. It's the easiest thing. It's the easiest thing to do, to be you, isn't it? Yeah, no you one know, else can be Ali Gordon, You're right? not asking anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. You're just saying, just be you. Just don't try and not be you. <laughs> it's it's the easiest thing to do. So if you if, if you stay true, it, it is the easiest thing. It just comes naturally. Yeah, and credit to you, mate, because not many people can do that. I think that when you get to a position where you're you're comfortable to say no and you understand the importance of saying no, it you know it it, it comes easy. And that's a popular topic actually at the moment about saying no and how do you turn people away? What kind the, of the power of no? The creates demand. The power of no. Yeah. Mate, tell me more. I want to hear more about how you would say no to people, why you would say no to them, and how that builds demand. So, I mean, just reflect quickly on what I just said. I guess saying no to somebody normally stems from it not being the correct fit. The way in which no is said is obviously in a polite manner, and I'm a big believer that you should never close doors because what you might not like today, you might like tomorrow. And what that business or that brand are working on today they might steer differently and work on something completely different tomorrow so you need to make sure that you're not being offensive but you're just being clear and transparent and 
the most important thing that I've found in business is communication. If you can communicate with somebody and you can be honest with them, that trust will trump anything else because they're going to say, look, he's, I trust him. I know that he's honest and that he would do it with the best interest of us and the best interest of himself. So to say no in a polite manner and to ensure that you don't close those doors is extremely important. You should never close doors because at that po- moment in time, it's not relevant to you. So that's that's my no advice <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> Keep those doors wide open. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's such good advice. And one of the things that you've mentioned a number of times is the power of marketing and what you do. Mm. As a content creator, obviously it's key. Yeah. I'm a big believer in school and traditional education perhaps not being as important as people might have thought in the past. And you're someone who left school at 16. Yeah. Yet speaking with you today, I can see you're very, very intelligent, very knowledgeable about business. (laughs) You're going to... Questionable. (laughs) Very, very knowledgeable about business and marketing specifically. Outside of the advice and the guidance that you've had from Lydia, is there any content, books, podcasts, anything that you listen to, read, uh, look into to help you to gain that education and understanding or, or have you just learned it from being in that environment? I definitely immerse myself within my environment. So I definitely look to the digital side of things to consume because I think it's important to not only have a full understanding of your industry, but to, to, to keep up with the times as well. I do go online to, to extract a lot of information. I find talking to people extremely helpful. It's a podcast for me have been a new um, way of consuming content. I mean, listening to your podcast has been great. <laughs> you, love, you like that one? Uh, yeah, and there, there are a few other guys online that have started doing podcasts. One of my friends, Robin James, he, he specializes in beauty stuff and hair. And so he's began them and I just find them very educational. Something that I found that perhaps was more of a, had a negative impact of immersing myself on the online space was that I was becoming maybe a little bit consumed in a bubble and I was a little bit unaware of what was going on in the big wide world. And I think it's important to become as well-rounded as a human as you can be. So I did start to recently, you know, flick onto the news apps or flicking through newspapers just to kind of get a little bit of information about what's going on around the world so I had a fuller understanding of Mm. not just what was going on in my bubble but what was going on in the big wide world because it's easy to get lost in your bubble so I do consume information through the news through the online space and I'd say that a lot of my education just comes through talking with people because I find that my questions and my queries get answered a lot more efficiently when I'm just talking to somebody that understands and they understand what's going on than trying to find that information myself. I love that. One of the quotes that I read quite recently actually was, success is measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations you've had. (laughs) So I imagine with you putting yourself out there and putting yourself into that environment that you perhaps didn't know too much about in the first instance has helped you to grow massively. Like, What's your opinion on getting out in front of people, meeting people and just taking action on things to help you get to where you want to be. Yeah, for sure. You can't have shame and you can't feel embarrassed and not know everything. You can't expect yourself to know everything and you want to be able to learn because whilst you're learning, you're progressing. And if you're not learning, then you're probably not progressing. So I think to put yourself in positions where you're forcing to self-educate is where you're going to progress the most and just again become more more rounded and have a full understanding of you and where you want to go and what the possibilities are uh, moving forward so you know I, I will talk to people and I'll feel a bit silly but you just deal with it you just you just ask the questions and you just get on with it 
Yeah, and I think that's great because so many people who wish that they could see success or, or have achievement are scared to put themselves out there and put themselves in those positions. Yeah. You're someone who's obviously done that consistently and gone from strength to strength. I'm, I'm interested to know your opinion of what has been your biggest success. So, whew, that's a good question. I'd say that my biggest success is probably being the position that I've situated myself in and that I have given myself what I deem to be full freedom. You know, I have complete control over my day-to-day life. And it's up to me how much or how little I want to do. And it's something that I've, I can't explain the feeling it gives you when you have complete control and you're, you're not answering to somebody else in it. That's something that I'm extremely proud of. And I feel that that is my biggest achievement. I've had amazing opportunities and I've managed to do some amazing things within my career and within the work that I do. But I think that the bigger picture is here is that I've managed to get myself into a position where I pick and choose what I can do and I have freedom and I have full control. And I think that that for me definitely feels like the biggest achievement in this leap I took into this industry from from my previous. Is there anything that you can look back on and say, you know, maybe perhaps I would have done that slightly differently? I don't believe in regret. I think that everything in life happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in karma and fate. And I think that, you know, every action you take leads to your end goal and end path. And, you know, you you go through these journeys of life and you learn lessons. So I don't have a regret as such. I think that I'm very satisfied and very happy with how I am. Still want to go further. I'm still hungry for more but I'm very content with where I'm at. So I'd say that it would be unfair for me to say that I regret anything that I've done in the past because it would maybe have not led to me with where I am now. And where does that drive come from, do you think? I think that, I mean, in terms of when we talk about success, I think that my dad's been a huge role model for me in terms of business because he's somebody that I looked up to that he'd been very successful in his own right. He has his own company and he leads a very nice lifestyle and I've always wanted that and I've always you know when I was living with him I was accustomed to his lifestyle and I wanted to be able to achieve and lead the same life that he has led and I think that he's been like a huge sort of like inspiration for me and motivator for me to to follow that path and then I guess that the reward that this industry gives you motivates you and keeps you driven because I mean, if you, if you get the opportunity to go and drive around Italy in a Ferrari, then that's going to motivate you to keep on wanting to work hard because <laughs> you want to do it more. So that in itself self-motivates. But I just get this this motivation through really just wanting to self-achieve and, and feel like, you know, I'm proud of myself. Is there like a, uh, not a competitive element, but is there like a urging each other on between you and Lydia to achieve things and, and go further in the industry? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like I say, we work as a team. Um, I know that we have separate businesses, as it were, but they're very much, you know, interlinked with one another. They complement uh, one each other. Yeah, we we definitely uh, are very vocal with our relationship online. It's not something that we keep behind closed doors. Um, we share everything, or almost everything, you know, in our lives from our proposal to our to our wedding. So I think that even though we are separate entities on online, we do very much linking with one another. So we're always looking to to help each other progress and better. And I mean, it's incredible to see. I mean, sometimes we sit there and we, we look at each other and we're just so lost as to what we have been going through because we're just so immersed and busy in it. And actually when you sit back and reflect on what it is that's going on and how we 
how we're doing within our industries it's like I'm really proud of her like you're, you're doing amazing things last week she went and met Prince Charles you know she's really? royalty yeah and she's um, you know she's got huge contracts and, and sponsorships with some really amazing brands and it's just like you know she's just about to launch her makeup bag with Estee Lauder which is like a personalised Lydia Millen times Estee Lauder no makeup bag yeah and it's just like there's she's doing these things that we don't really sit and recognise them as, and praise them as much as we should because it just moves so fast and the opportunities are just flowing through so quickly you kind of just get lost in it and uh, yeah when I sit back and I look and I just see what she's doing it's just it's incredible it's amazing yeah and you do that for your own successes too yeah and I mean that motivates me that's yeah. what I was trying to get to yeah. so seeing her success motivates me for sure and I like to think hopefully vice versa yeah <laughs> so. I'm sure it does <laughs> You spoke about your journey and your path from being an electrician and stepping into this world and then dominating in this world, really. And, you know, that term has been popularly coined the side hustle. If you were going to give somebody advice who was going to take a leap of faith into starting their own business or doing something on the side while they're having a full-time job that's going to pay all the bills that you spoke about, what are some of the tips that you would recommend to people that they should implement into their lives to help them manage that as best as possible? So I think that like the most important thing to consider whilst you're trying to change paths in career or whether you're looking to pursue something different in life, you need to make sure you're passionate about it. Because if you're passionate about what you want to do, you will not feel like you're working your life away. You're doing something you enjoy. So if you find something that you're extremely passionate about, that's going to be probably one of the most strongest factors to your success in what you're doing. You cannot be disheartened and you cannot let yourself believe that you're going to fail. You have to keep that positive mental attitude consistently. You have to accept failure because who is it that I had they had a saying once? Will Smith, fail forward. You heard that? You heard his, mm. his talk about that? Yeah. And it's so true because you need to fail constantly to progress you need to challenge yourself and push yourself to progress it's as simple as that so I think that if somebody is listening to this that's thinking I want to try and pursue you know a new career path and I want to put the time and the effort into it alongside you know a normal job it's not going to be easy it's going to take a lot of your time and it's just important to understand and and expect that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to have to put in these hours and you're not necessarily going to see a light at the end you're just going to have to do it and just hope that eventually it catches and it works. So the passion, the drive, and to ensure that you stay committed even when you don't see the, the sight at the end, they're the most important factors. Because unless you give it a go, you're never going to know. So, and I'm a poet. Nailed <laughs> <laughs> <Mate>, it. <laughs> Mate, that's so good. I absolutely love that stuff. The fail forward. I yeah, love. That's, that's, that's such a great phrase. Yeah. And it's true. Because it's so easy just to, to, to do something and just go, didn't work, failed. Yeah. And you just need to keep on going at stuff. You can't you can't stop. Yeah. There's another one I read the other day. It's like a Chinese proverb. Translated, it basically means fall seven, rise eight. Okay. And it's the same Explain kind of thing. Explain this to me. So it just means like you fall down, you get back up. Yeah. So if you fall down seven times, I you're going to get seven. back. Yeah, yeah, I got eight. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. And I just think that's so, so important. So I imagine there's been challenges or obstacles that you've come across on your path to where you are now is there a process or something that you do 
to help you to overcome challenges that you face? Yeah, I mean, like in every single career path, I'm sure that, you know, we all come across obstacles. And and I think that what I've learned within this industry is that, you know, no obstacle is the same. So everything that comes at you, you need to make sure that you, you take a step back and you assess the situation. And, you know, you, I've, I've learned through trial and error that reacting fast at a situation never resolves it. It normally just adds the fuel to the fire. So I normally step back and I I try to come up with solutions. I think when you start trying to think of solutions, it just kind of works itself out. And, you know, we might be on shoot and we might come across some issues with shooting because of consent and and everything else. Or, you know, your photographer forgets his SD card. (laughs) It's happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just you just accept that, you know, these things happen and, you know, you have to deal with it. It's pointless chucking your toys out of the pram and and, and not trying to be productive with it. You've just got to resolve the issue. And sometimes you have to take a hit. Sometimes you have to accept that you might not achieve what you were setting out to achieve that day, but you can damage limitate and you can say, well, what can we take from this? You know, we're not able to achieve this today. We come here to achieve X, but actually we can only now achieve Y. But I'm going to take why I'm going to do it because it's still a step forward. And that's pretty much how I take on what I do. Yesterday, I headed out to shoot and I set out to take two photos, which sounds very easy. We achieved one, but I walked away thinking, well, at least I've got one of them. I've got the other one still to do, but at least I got one of them. So it's just trying to maximize your time because your time is the most precious thing and maximize that in any way you can and sometimes you might not succeed and, and achieve what you want but if you keep your expectations high then you don't always want to we do always want to hit those expectations <laughs> but you can't always expect to because you always want to ensure that you're keeping yourself pushed to the limit so and I know me saying sitting here and saying taking two photos is, is, is that's not me pushing the limits <laughs> it's just the circumstances yesterday made that hard which comes coming back to the point of sometimes you're not going to be physically able to accomplish what you were setting out to do and I think that's so important because ultimately what you're saying is it's perception of what you achieve and I think if you looked at that and you thought I've only achieved half of what I wanted to do today yeah but the reality is you've got half of what you wanted to do today yeah and you can do it another time yeah or you can look at how great that one picture is yeah and if that mindset was slightly different perhaps you wouldn't wake up the following morning with the same drive and determination to go and keep going after it yeah it's the cup half full mentality yeah so yeah it's so good man so I wanted to ask you following on from that I love hearing this kind of motivational it's actually giving me energy listening (laughs) to you talking about where do you see yourself in kind of three to five years this is something that's really interesting actually because I think a lot of people that I speak to in business you know they sort of have these five years projection plans and they know sort of the direction in which they want to go to in five years but I sit here today and I didn't expect the evolution of this industry to have been as advanced as it is in such a short period of time. So it kind of scares me to think where we're going to be in five years, because five years is a long time at the speed in which this industry is growing. Something that I can sit here and say is that I definitely still want to be doing what I'm doing. So I'm going to work hard to make sure that I'm still relevant within this industry and I'm still working and still producing uh, good content within this industry. But I'm also excited to sort of branch out and look at other ways in which I can set up companies and businesses, whether that be anything from, you know, branding to consulting, 
you know there's so much so many options and so many things that I can turn my hand to yeah. even pursue the the passion of videography and photography you know and there's so many things that I can do I just want to start branching out and it's again it comes down to balancing your time and ensuring that you have allowed the time I don't believe in the saying I haven't got the time you make time to do these extra things so at the moment you know things are quite hectic we've just got married we're moving house and works pretty full on so hopefully when you know the dust settles a little bit we're going to sit down and we've me and Liz have discussed this and we want to try and think of other ways in which we can start new ventures and new journeys and keep everything exciting so yeah five years I can't give you an answer but I know that there's going to be progress in some sort of direction and you know it's going to be fun either way I hope so yeah yeah it's kind of stressful (laughs) there's a a lady who's a graphic designer in the US called Debbie Millman who says you choose to be busy have you heard the saying give a busy man a job and he'll get it done no go on tell me tell me so it's important to stay busy because when you're busy you're productive if I give a job to a guy that's not busy you probably won't get it done but if you give a job to a busy guy he'll just get the job done because he's being proactive, he's being, he's staying busy. He's, he's, he's just, he's just doing it. Yeah, that's the guy great. that's the guy that's not busy, he's not doing anything. He's, you know, he's, he's not being productive. So you're not going to get your results from him. You yeah. need to give the busy man the job and because I, he's the productive one. And I guess the busy guy is the one who has the momentum. He's yeah, used to taking exactly. action on his tasks. So give a busy man a job and he'll get it done. That's so good. <laughs> no, mate, I'm excited to see where you go in the next few years. And I think from all the stuff that you're doing, your skill sets so vast now. And one of the things I wanted to ask is, oh, yeah, it's true. as <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's true because yeah. this is some. This is the misconception question earlier. Yeah, people don't understand that you have to be a, a, a an editor, Final Cut Pro, a, an editor in photos because you got to remember you need to keep up a level of content. You, you know, if you fall behind, then you know in content you're not going to ne- necessarily get the work. Yeah, so you need to be a photographer, a videographer, a film editor, a photo editor, a model, a, a content creator. So you need to set up briefs, concepts, as well as a negotiator. Um, you know the list goes on yeah it's, it's cool but anyway mate, sorry no no mate it's exciting and I think that what I was what I was hoping to ask was as social media has such an important place in marketing today for people who might be starting a business or want to build a following online or have some kind of audience yeah what are the kind of things because you hear the typical like produce content consistently yeah. yes. add value yes collaborate but like from from you who's done it and very very successfully you got thousands and thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers. <laughs> what would you suggest for people who wanted to build some kind of audience online or market to an audience online? You're not going to like this answer because it's one of those boring, normal answers that we <laughs> okay. all love. But sometimes it's just the truth. And ultimately, from my experience, exposure equals growth. So you need to be in this eyesight to grow. And essentially what people want to achieve is growth normally because growth is normally what brings opportunity. So if you can put yourself in a position, however you see fit, normally I would suggest networking, you're going to hopefully promote growth. So the reasons why people market with us is because we offer exposure and exposure offers their business growth and growth hopefully for their business means more money that's kind of the real basic fundamentals so if you're somebody that's trying to grow online then you need to expose yourself and you might be able to think of a creative way to expose yourself but ultimately you just need to be exposed to people 
So whether that comes through networking, through positioning yourselves with people that are already at a lot, like in in a position where they have a large following online, um, you might do you know an act of good deed, and that might give you exposure because you know you're mm. doing charity stuff. And I'm not saying use charity to grow, but I'm just saying it's just about positioning yourself. Yeah. And the industry's changed a lot over the few years so you know you're talking about an industry that's become quite saturated you know a lot of people want to do it because it's quite an exciting and fun industry to be in so you know it, it creates that demand for people to, to to do the job because it looks cool it looks fun and so it's a lot harder now than it used to be algorithms on platforms have changed yeah we used to have um you know you'd hit the explore page on instagram and you might grow five thousand followers you don't get that anymore you, know, you sit on that explore page, or it's I don't remember, I don't know what they call it now. It's kind of like the recommendation page, yeah. <laughs> and you just don't get the growth that you would have done, you know, going back a year and a half. Uh, you get shouted out on a page that has a million followers for hair or fashion, and you used to grow, you know, huge numbers. You just don't get the growth, and it's just down to the algorithms and perhaps the way in which people consume the platform now. But my my tip, and I know, like I say, they are the boring, annoying answers, but it's just the the truth is. You need to create content consistently because the algorithm will favor consistent content. You know, the more content you're pushing out on that platform to an extent, the more they're going to stick you at the top of their line of sight. And just to explain for people that don't understand what an algorithm is, how, oh, how so, so an algorithm is quite hard one to explain. Basically, the algorithm is the way in which a platform will select positionings and the way in which the platform operates. So they will have control on what images, for, let's just talk Instagram for example, what images are stuck at the top of your feed. If you scroll down your feed, they're not in chronological order. So they they have the power to be able to say, we want this account to yeah. always be at the top. Now, if you're always at the top of the feed, you're always gonna be gaining the most amount of traction. If you're gaining the most amount of traction, you're gonna be gaining the most amount of growth. And if you're gaining the most amount of growth, then that's gonna then stick you in a position where you're potentially gonna be in a position where you're going to be able to get high engagement because you're getting high growth because mm. fast growth equals high engagement and that then will result in opportunity which then sets you up for your career yeah it's a it's a algorithms do play a huge role and we all you know lots of people i don't whinge about algorithms because i view it as everybody's in the same boat sometimes some people might benefit but the algorithms change so frequently you know a month later you're in the winning seat so yeah. it's all about just accepting that that's the way it is but it does mean that we aren't in control of these things so consistent content networking and i think that something that's super important is to just do something different and i know it's you know it's easy to just say i'll just do something different but it takes a lot of thought you know take your brother for example he's doing something extremely different it's going to gain interest and so doing something that's different to what other people are doing is going to help you grow as well because people are going to talk about it. Oh, have you seen, have you seen those two guys that yeah. have, you know, just been on that boat for like twenty four days? You know, he's crazy. Fifty four. <laughs> Fifty four days. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So like twenty four hours a day. <laughs> That's where the twenty four comes. Um, and you know, like people talk and then people go and check check it out. Like, what's this? You know, and you you know you must have been sent videos in in WhatsApp groups and you've gone and checked and it's been somebody's profile where, you know, guys have been doing silly stuff or, you know, it's like a comedy account yeah. or something like really interesting, you know, and it's doing those things that gain traction and gain interest. What Lydia and I do is very lifestyle based. 
but there are a lot of people out there that are doing very unique content and they will grow from that i mean there's been this phase recently on instagram this trend which is something that's super important is staying on top of trends i'm going to give you a tip actually in a sec fantasy images so they're creating these very sort of like photogenic fantasy mysterious you can kind of get lost in the photo they're very easy on the eyes and there's been a huge trend of these like pastel color skies and you know the audience they've been enjoying it and people that have had these accounts and have been able to execute these accounts consistently have had great growth and my big and a big tip that maybe you haven't heard aside from the networking and, and the consistent posting is a way in which you can grow your content is to make sure that you're producing content around trending topics now you can find what trending topics are simply by you know hashtag searching what's trending on twitter now that's very fast turnaround content but you know you might know fifa 2019 is coming out soon so i'm going to produce a bit of content around fifa 2019 mm-hmm. because my seo on that is going to be really good because that content's going to be trending so people are going to be searching fifa 2019 and guess what my post that has been topicked and hashtagged fifa 2019 is going to get seen more because more people are searching for that topic now if you're in a position where you have a large audience and you have a good seo anyway eventually your post on that trending topic is going to sit higher in the algorithms of google or or of whatever platform and then all of a sudden you're exposing yourself even more and unfortunately it is a bit of a snowball effect you know once the ball's rolling it rolls faster and faster as it gets more down the hill. It's picking up the snow, you know, it's, it's going, it's going, it's going. So when you start being tactful and you're, you're hitting those trending topics, you're actually vacuuming in the snow as well. Yeah. And so that's a tip that I would give somebody, you know, actually be quite clever. You know, there's a new film coming out and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. You know, he's going to be doing this role that's really niche and different for him. I'm going to do some content around it. Or I'm going to do his look, his hairstyle. And it's about creating the content so that good. you can target. And you're basically taking the SEO from from that subject and you're trying to steer it towards your platform. And cross-network your own platforms as well. Okay. So you self-promote your platforms across your platforms. Because that's you know it's a simple, easy way to yeah. send the traffic around your different platforms. Oh, mate, I love it. That's so good. That's a tip. That's a tip. Maybe that's a serious. Maybe tip, a bit mate. of a that's different so one that people haven't maybe yeah. mentioned. No, no, for sure. It's definitely the first time I've heard about that as well. It sounds so good. So, just a quick comment. Actually, on one of the things you mentioned was how when an algorithm changes, mm. it, it essentially will change the approach, perhaps, of how you're then trying to push your content out. But what you said I thought was really interesting is that you're one of the people that doesn't complain when it changes. No, I don't think... Yeah, it's not worth complaining about. Because if you focus... I mean, you know, you focus on the things that aren't going in, in your favour, then you start losing sight of the, the focus on things that are. Mate, that's it. And yeah. I just think that, like, you're in the game. you got to play it. Yeah. Whatever the rules are, like, yeah. you just got to crack on. You get dealt your cards and you, you deal with them. And that's it's, it. you know, it's what you make of what you're given, isn't it, right? Yeah. In, in general. So and actually, I like I love the cards one because it's yeah. people say it's luck, right? What you get dealt, yeah. And you can win if you get a good hand, and you can win if you get a bad hand. Uh-huh. It's how you play it. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. It's true, right? And yeah. and it, and uh, yeah, that's completely my my line of thought. Is you know, you just have to go with the flow. Yeah. No, it's so good, mate. I've got one more question before we jump into the final three questions, which if you've heard the podcast before, we do the same three questions at the end. So the last question is, again, around social media, and it's something that I struggle with personally myself, Mm -hmm. but 
how do you, as someone who is, you know, for want of a better word, and I know not many people like this term, but an, an influencer on social media, how do you manage your time on the platforms? Do you spend a lot of time on there? Do you feel that kind of hooked feeling that you have to keep going into the app? How do you deal with that like temptation to keep tapping in when you've got so much streaming in all the time? Yeah, I mean, social media is um, something that is important that I immerse myself in. Uh, and Lydia and I often, you know, we sit down and we say to ourselves, you know, we need to make sure that we monitor in how much we are and we aren't using it because it's it's easy to get lost in it and you spend all your time on your phone and immersed in it. And, you know, I think there was a point where, you know, we'd be sitting at a dinner table in a restaurant and we'd go for our phone and it would be like, no, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be picking up my phone. We're out for dinner. But it's kind of just like habit. And so we got to a point where we just said, look, this isn't cool. Like, this isn't okay. It's important to make sure that we're staying on top of everything that's going on online and to make sure that we, you know, we're continually learning from what's happening online. But in the same breath, it's also important to separate what essentially now is business from pleasure. And there is this huge blurred line between our job and our life because we incorporate our life in our job. So there isn't really a set like, now we're at work, now we're impersonal. So I think that when we realised that we were grabbing our phones, you know, quite frequently in and out of work, it was like, we need to start giving some structure to this. So we just kind of laid down a few little rules that they're not like, if you don't abide by them, you're in serious trouble. But it's kind of like courtesy, you know, when we're sitting down at a dinner table, unless it's urgent, there's no need to grab your phone and start flicking through your Instagram account browsing. And it's really important to make sure that you have these in place well, certainly is for us in our relationship because otherwise you do you just end up spending all your time looking on your phone and, and it is very addictive and you'll just refresh it and you know you might see a couple of new posts or whatever but you, then you'll just refresh it again and you just go in in a circle and then you'll go from one platform to the next refresh look yeah. platform to the next refresh look and you know I sometimes I'll lay in bed and I'll be sitting on my phone I'll be like well, I've just sat on my phone flicking through for an hour uh, it's not good so it is a problem that I think that you know many people have because it's something that we essentially, I guess, enjoy doing. And we have learned to pull back a little bit and spend more time off the phone and give structure. I think Christmas time this year, Lid said, moving forward, 2018, we're going to start watching TV in the evenings. And so we've been watching documentaries on Netflix, uh, which I've found very educational, actually. What's your favourite one? Uh, so I've been watching a lot of like the, you know, like Making a Murderer and the uh, the Cleef Browder story. Um, and it's all about like the American justice system and stuff. Mm. Uh, but I've actually found it quite interesting and quite educational as well. Um, so w- we decided that we were going to take time away from working our evenings and actually saying, look, we're in a position where we're doing this full time. We need to stop working from morning to sleep. Because uh, essentially that's what we were doing. And it's been almost life-changing. I feel so much more relaxed. I feel so much more focused. And I almost feel like I'm more productive because I know that I've got that time frame to work in. So I'm proactive in that time frame as opposed to thinking to myself, well, I'll start on working on this this morning. But, you know, I know I've got until midnight tonight to finish it. I'm giving myself a shorter time frame and I feel like I'm achieving the same amount of work. So it's quite an interesting thing actually. But yeah, you have to make sure that you're actively setting things in place to make sure that you're not completely wasting your life on your phone. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so good. So you're essentially saying that 
to find balance, you're putting in boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hit nail on the head. Yeah. We, we are. But they're not boundaries that are brick walls, you know. They're, they're flexible boundaries because I think if you restrict or restrain yourself from anything, you become rebellious. So yeah. I kind of feel oh, like, you know, we're... The, 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 the laws are there, but they're not, like, fixed. Like, you know, she's not going to slap my hand if I get my phone out and vice versa. But it's important just to have that understanding and to ensure that you do separate a little bit of time together away from the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having a third person in the relationship sometimes. <laughs> to move into the kind of final part of the podcast is to jump into these three questions. And the yeah. three questions are designed to give listeners some very immediate actionable takeaways that they can mm-hmm. incorporate into their lives or look into a little bit more themselves. So the first one of these three questions is, has there been anything that you've discovered now, it could have been something recently, it could have been something a long time ago, but something that you've discovered at some stage that you use, which you're excited about. What have I found that I've incorporated into my life that I've found extremely useful? There's an app called Slack. It's something that we've recently incorporated into the business, and it's an app that basically topics, subjects, so, for example, brand deals, and the relevant information is instantly easily accessible as opposed to looking through threads and threads of emails with seeded information so the introduction of app, of this app slack has given me and my manager the ability to be so much more time efficient because we have this instant access to information without strolling through all of these complex apps so between the slack app and then the synchronized calendar, it's almost transformed the way in which we work together. And that's something that I definitely say has had a huge impact on not just my day-to-day, but on his day-to-day as well. Because we don't need to necessarily communicate as much between each other about the plans when we can just insert the plan. And it's there. We both can see it. And it's so, so much easier to access it. I can't explain to you. It really? literally is an incredible introduction to, to the way in which we operate the business. Oh, I have to have a look, mate. So yeah. it's basically a productivity hack for people like yeah, yourself. That is what it is. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a hack. I love it. To, to be more sort of um, efficient. And it's, I don't know if, if you find this, but trying to find information in emails. Imagine if you could just go and just, you know, you've got, you can just search that topic and instantly access it. It's just so much more convenient. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, That's, I have to check it out. Yeah, I have to check that app out. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two. For the listeners, if you could give them only one piece of advice, and this could be maybe a habit or a routine that you use daily or weekly, or something that's helped you perform to the level that you do, what one piece of advice would you give people to say they should 100% incorporate into their lives to help them achieve? So for me, I think that if I was to give one piece of advice to anybody that's listening in about becoming more proactive is managing their time, making sure they're maximising their time. And a way in which I would suggest that they do this is by having a time schedule, if possible, where they're getting up early and they're being proactive in the morning before the working day starts. Because whilst you're working, whilst the working day isn't starting, and when I say, when I talk about the working day, I'm talking, you know, that nine till five, where a lot of people are in the office and they're hammering you emails and they're on the phone. Working in that time slot where your uninterrupted workflow is where you're going to have a huge amount of 
productivity. So if you can get up and you can be proactive in the morning and if you want to go to the gym or if you want to jump on emails, you just need to do stuff that's going to set you ahead of the rest, essentially. That's going to be a little winning formula that's going to ensure that you position yourself so you're always one step ahead of everyone else. And that's got to be probably the best advice I can give when it comes down to business. Yeah, I think it's so good. And what time do you wake up at? What time would you recommend people to do it? So, I mean, I think that I'd recommend you've got to keep it realistic and you've got to you know, assess what the, your position is the evening before or your routine or your, your working day. I think that, you know, the ideal times maybe be like an 11 till 6. So bed at 11, wake up at 6 or half 5. But sometimes, you know, life doesn't give you that luxury where you can say, right, I want to go to bed at 11, so I'm going to bed at 11. Sometimes work will push you beyond that time. And I think it's just important to not be too strict on those time frames and just ensure that, you know, if you are going to bed at 1am because work's overrun or you've had to have a family commitment or something's happened that's pushed that time frame, don't worry about getting up early the next day because sleep is is more important than that workflow because you, you just can't be tired. Sleep deprivation is not a good thing. So you just need to ensure that you try to use that sort of structure to maximise your time. But if it doesn't work, you know, you've got to be flexible with it. You've got to be real with yourself. So that would be my advice. You know, get up early, be productive and get one step ahead of everyone else. All right. I love that advice. That's so good. The last question of these three. So yeah. there's two versions of Ali Gordon, right? The girls are going wild. <laughs> you can hear the cats in the background, can you? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can't see what Ali looks like, but let me tell you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Chiseled out of marble. <laughs> so there's two versions of Ali. Dial yourself back to that moment when you're fully committing to being a content creator and you're going to push forward with this business. What's the one differentiator between that version of Ali that goes on and wins and has a success and, and the achievement that you've had to date and the version of Ali that doesn't do that and fails? I'd say that it's purely down to passion, commitment and drive slash motivation. I think that those factors together are what made it possible for me to make that transition and to pursue what I wanted to in life as opposed to, you know, holding back and playing it safe and and not. And I'd say that's that is as simple as that. That is the difference between the two people. It's somebody that wants it and somebody that doesn't. Amazing, mate. You like that? I love it, man. Okay. It's been awesome. I've looked forward to it anyway, but no, so I've not seen it it's for been a, while, a pleasure. So. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. So I have questions for you now. <laughs> I feel like we need to flip reverse the podcast. Yeah, episode two. <laughs> yeah. Episode two. Seeing what you've done and where you've come from. I'm so impressed with what you're doing. Thank and it's you, mate. it's motivating and I'm sure people listening to the story are gonna gonna love it. I mean, you've got enough followers as it is already, but where can people who are listening <laughs> follow I, you? I, I could do many more. So where uh, my handle, so my Instagram account is Gordon 89 My YouTube is YouTube slash Gordon. And my Twitter is Ali Gordon underscore. So they're my, my platforms. Awesome. So and you have, uh, what's your blog as well? AliGordon.net. So everybody go follow Ali. I can tell you from experience, it's awesome seeing some of the stuff that he pushes out. Even like on a Monday morning, right? I wake up this week on a Monday and you're in Hong Kong. I'm like, fuck, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we were staying at the Intercontinental Hotel and I had this insane view of the city skyline. I can't tell you, it's just amazing. Oh man, I need to go and check it out. So, mate, thanks so much. No, thank you. And just a pre-congratulations in advance for the wedding. Do they know oh, about cheers, the wedding? Oh, cheers, buddy. No, mate. I haven't mentioned the wedding. Uh, they do now. So thanks, I'm mate. I'm sure you're going to have loads of fun. Yeah, busy times. Just trying there. It's very overwhelming, but an amazing day. So I'm sure you're going to have a good one. Yeah, thanks, mate. I appreciate cheers. it. All right, nice top man. Thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate.
There it is, episode four of the Take Flight podcast with Ali Gordon. Thanks so much to him for joining me for that episode. Really, really fun. If you don't already, go and follow him at AliGordon89 on Instagram and his links to all his other socials are on there. Also, I definitely recommend you going and watching his video that he made while he was in Hong Kong. It's so, so good. Really, really impressive and I really enjoyed it. So go and check that out. I'm sat here editing and recording the intro and the outro from my flat on a sunny Friday morning. I'm on Ali Gordon time. I was up at 6am. I feel so much better. So hopefully you take something away from that as well and incorporate it into your lives because that's what this is all about. In the meantime, I have two promo codes specifically for Take Flight podcast listeners. The first one is from Ugly Drinks. And if you remember episode one with CEO of Ugly, Hugh Thomas, such a fun episode. If you enjoyed it, I really encourage you to try Ugly. Go to uglydrinks.com forward slash shop and use the promo code UGLYTAKESFLIGHT. That's F-L-1-G-H-T. It's such a great product, such a great brand, and I'd love you guys to support as much as possible. And the second one, you may have seen from my Instagram story, a couple of weeks ago I was at Floatworks in Vauxhall, London, and I've been using their sensory deprivation tanks for a few months now, and I, I love them, I can't recommend them highly enough. If you don't know much about sensory deprivation tanks or float tanks, you can find out more at floatworks.com, and you can use the promo code Take flight for 15% off your first float. I'm going to be recording an episode with a friend of mine and talking a lot about float tanks and other forms of meditation and ways to find clarity in a later episode. So if you want to wait till then and we'll talk all about it and I'll announce the promo code again on that episode. If not, go ahead and use the promo code now and let me know how you get on. As Ali mentioned, I am getting married. In fact, by the time this podcast is released, I will have got married. Fuck, that sounds weird. And then I'll be away on my honeymoon for a couple of weeks. But if you get the time to listen and give me some feedback, I'd really appreciate it. Or you can jump into the podcast app on your iPhone and click five stars or less if, if, if you think it's worth less. Other ratings are available. So finally, I hope you enjoyed it. My dog is scratching at the door to let her back in. So I better go. And in the meantime, stay positive, stay motivated and take flight. <laughs>